right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I will be a man. We are fired up. We're talking old school rags today. And I'm not talking cars. I'm talking magazines. The rags used to pick off the shelf. Remember those? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. What, with like paper and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny, man. <laughs> How, look, as a kid, I got to tell you, my papa owned uh, this little country store in, in the Appalachian, you know, Kentucky Mountains, a place called Prestonsburg. Uh, if you Google Prestonsburg, you'll find uh, last year it was voted the most poorest place in the country. So it's a it's a rough sort of uh, neighborhood, if you will. And I'll never forget, man, uh, he, he used to always get the magazines in his little country store and the magazine rack is where me and my twin brother would just live. And we'd always look for anything with cars in it because he got Hot Rod and he got Car Craft and a few other magazines like that. So any opportunity we could get to get our hands on the new like Hot Rod magazine, that's where we used to always go and get them at, man. It was like the source. So when we weren't shagging groceries or working in a garden or helping out around a store, we were parked right in front of the magazine rack, just loaded up on, you know, anything and all things cars, which is kind of cool because I remember having one or two of these magazines in that magazine rack as a kid. So, you know, it's, if you could imagine a mad magazine, if I told you what's mad magazine of the <laughs> automotive industry, you, you might That's say what was in my head right now, man. You yeah. Remember, remember that magazine used to fold the back page and it would always have something kind of, <laughs> uh, you know, sketchy on there or to make another picture. Yeah, it was a, it was a two for one image. Yeah, man. You know, there's like one image and you fold it up just right and it's a whole different image. Yeah. It was like, yeah, hey, man. that's cool. So nonstop. Yeah, that's what that's what cartoons magazine always makes me think of because uh, I didn't have from a kid's perspective. I didn't have my drug dealer right there, you know, in your papa's shop, shop where you could get your hands on all these magazines. I don't know why. We never had a lot of magazines. I, I think I was a little underprivileged in that, that category. But what I, when I did, you know, you read them cover to cover over and over and over again. And, yeah, we probably had a small stash of Mad Magazine. So I'm all about Spy versus Spy and all the other, you know, goodies yeah, that yeah, were yeah. in there, you know. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I have come across as a kid. Uh, one or two, you know, issues of cartoons, and it was like, oh, like it was the coolest thing, yeah. man. I don't think I ever got to own one, but I remember being able to flip through one, and you know, again, if you like, you know, just as a reference, Mad Magazine, like, you know, just the artwork was awesome. There was cool stories in there, man. Like, I just remember it made my head spin with all kinds of ideas and creativity, and 
And, uh, you know, maybe somewhere in there was a little bit of that hook, you know, that got you kind of hooked on car stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, what's funny is because, you know, going through that as a kid, seeing a lot of the same things, I used to always get those hot rod magazines and, and so forth. But it, what's really cool now is you, you get a hold of one of those magazines and you look at the advertisements and, you know, all the things that they had as, as far as the featured stories and the pictures and the reader's rides and all that cool stuff. Like, man, that was my hopes and dreams was to get my car in a magazine. I didn't even care what part, you know, it could be just be the reader's rides. And when you, when you found a cartoons, it was the, you know, the old animation and the, the, just the crazy exaggerated pictures. Anybody that's a fan of like Ratfink, um, you would probably be a fan yeah. of, of stuff like this. Yeah, if you know who Ed Roth is, then you probably know what cartoons are. And sure, you probably had a subscription or you had a stack or you, you know, rummaged through someone else's numerous times. Uh, pretty awesome that it, it brings back these great memories. Now, you know, if you go back in time, cartoons, the magazine came out in like 1960 and that thing trucked for, you know, 30 some years. Uh, you know, and it, it spanned generations of car kids, car adults. Yeah. Because I think it, it really covers, you know, it's cartoons in, in, in one sense that, you know, any kid can look in there and look at all the drawings and illustrations and, and the stories. But, you know, it's, it's an automotive magazine, you know, so it's still geared towards dad, towards grandpa, you know, like cross-generational. So think about 30-some years worth of, you know, kids, dads, and grandpas getting their paws on these <laughs> magazines, you know, like sharing the stories, the inspirations, like, you know, checking them out and really getting, you know, a good little time out of these things. And, and somewhere along the way, this, this thing disappeared. Like, I don't even know what happened. It's been quite an experience from Mark Methot, who, who literally took this magazine and brought it back to life, which when you think about that as, as automobiles, you know, passion, whether it was building, watching artwork or, you know, turning a wrench, you know, helping dad out, uh, that sort of stuck in us as a kid. And, you know, for most of us, it runs, you know, through, through our lives today. If you got introduced to cars as a, you know, as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, there's a good chance you're turning a wrench and got a big old toolbox in your garage today. And it lives through this literature. It lives through, you know, your experiences, your memories, and hopefully you share that passion uh, with somebody else in your life, you know, even today. Yeah. So I'm pretty pumped up, you know, like I have, I have as many memories as I'd love of the magazine just because I didn't get my paws on too many of them. But what I did guess, you know, grasp was, you know, how cool it was. And, uh, you know, I've got a three-year-old boy and, uh, he's, you know, starting to play with his little matchbox cars and, uh, I'm fired up. We ran into Mark. And uh, we got them on. We're going to bring them in right after the break. We're going to find out the resurrection story, where we might be able to get our hands on some of these magazines, what the future is, where this thing is going, and, you know, bringing back some of that 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s nostalgia, man. This is super cool. This is going to be an awesome and fun little conversation. So uh, why don't we hit the, yeah, man. Yeah, hit the break real quick. Bring our boy Mark back on in just a couple secs. All right, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. Kevin Bird, Willie B, back after the break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have our boy Mark on. He is the CEO and publisher of Cartoons, which is an amazing story. If you could wrap your head around this magazine that 
you know, it's not only inspirational, you open it up, the artwork, the creativity, the exaggerated, you know, photos and drawings of these cars from artists that just love it, man. Every single car looks like it's doing a burnout, regardless if it's moving or not. It's got characters popping out of the hood, the windows, the trunk, underneath the car, and everybody's doing a burnout. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Mark, man, tell us, how did you get involved with this magazine, man? Because, you know, it's from a a long gone era. So did you read this magazine as a kid? Did you stumble across it later in life? Like what became, you know, the inspiration for, you know, firing this thing back up again, getting the rights to it, pulling all those pieces back together? Well, I remember it was about 1983. I would have been about six years old then. And we were in a, a store that had specialty magazines. And I remember going to the newsstand and seeing cartoons sitting there. And I didn't know what it was. And I, I grabbed it, I flipped through it, and then I asked my parents to buy it for me, and they did. And I got hooked. I got hooked on the stories and the illustrations and everything. So I found out it was coming out every two months, and I kept buying it as the issues were released up until 91. And then 91, they, they stopped coming. And then the store owner never knew why. And then we found out years later that they stopped publishing it. So. And a lot of people were upset about it, that it stopped publishing because it was worldwide known. Everybody loved it. And uh, back in early 2015, I was off work from a work-related injury. And I was surfing the internet. And I found um, like a broker website for patents and trademarks. And they have a, a database where you could search any past or present trademarks that exist. And it'll tell you if somebody owns it or if it's abandoned. And if it's abandoned and you wanted to file for it, you could do it through this website. So I noticed Cartoons was abandoned for about four months. And I filed for it because that was a great magazine. It brought back awesome memories. And um, then I got locked in with it. And then I had to go through the whole process to finalize it. And um, once I was done, I had to do something with it. The patent office wouldn't just let me own the trademark. I had to prove to them I was going to do something with it. So, and I had no experience in publishing, like zero. I knew nothing. And so I had to get on and research and learn and um, reach out to those in the publishing industry who did help out a lot. And um, and then from there, we just, we got into... uh, publishing our first issue in 2016 and we've been going ever since with a lot of the original artists too that were in the original cartoons and then we have a lot of new ones so so i i got a couple questions man a what were the artists the original artists what was their response when you told them that you were going to resurrect the magazine uh number two how was it knowing that you were about to you know the 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 minute you got your first copy uh you know that it was complete you brought it back to life how how was that moment for you as as a fan of it as a little kid that had to be that'd be pretty badass man that had to be pretty cool it's like me resurrecting matchbox cars well it still (laughs) blows my mind that i actually own this magazine and i'm actually publishing this magazine uh for everybody to read once again and create new memories um when i first uh filed and locked in the trademark i reached out on social media that I was locked in for this trademark and I wanted to bring cartoons back. 
And so a lot of artists that seen that on social media, the originals, they reached out and wanted to be part of it again because they loved doing it back then. And, uh, and then a lot of new artists, too, that grew up reading the magazine but never weren't in it. They wanted to be in it. So we created a nice team at the beginning, and uh, we started putting together our first issue. But then we needed funding to get this going. So I started one of those um, GoFundMe-type pages. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, to raise money. But the biggest problem was everybody was skeptical online that I own this magazine. They just thought I was some scammer, right? And it was oh, it, right, it right. was owned <laughs> by the original publisher, Peterson Publishing. So we did raise a little money. And then we took that money and we said, you know what, let's just, we'll publish the first issue as like a limited edition a trial issue, we called it issue number zero. And um, to prove to everybody that this is legit. So the, the artists had created all the stories for this issue. We, we went to print with it. We only printed 2,500 copies. And then um, we put it out there. And once people realized, like, this is really happening, then things started to change from there. And a lot of people were committing to subscriptions. And, and uh, things were starting to go from there. The word was spreading. So, and then we're on our fifth year now. We're ending up with our fifth year of doing cartoons, working on issue number 29. So, and that's, and that's amazing to us because this is a bi-monthly magazine. We only do six a year, so. And this is so cool because this, you know, how often as a kid are you completely inspired by something and then the next thing you know, you're the CEO, you know, and you've, and you've not only, you've dug it out of the grave per se, right? And you've breathed life back and you've got the band back together again. Uh, this is pretty awesome. Well, it's crazy that if you would have told me six years ago, you're going to be publishing a magazine and cartoons magazine, I would have said, you're nuts. Like, what are you talking about? I don't know nothing about <laughs> magazines or publishing. Like at the time I was working at a, a local plant, working on subway cars and bi-level train cars. And that's what I was doing until I got injured on work. So, I mean, that's an easy transition, right? Like right. Yes. Completely opposite <laughs> yeah. ends of the spectrum, you know? Oh, but kudos for, for taking that leap, right? For taking the risks and, and, uh, and pulling it together. I mean, five years is a great run so far. So, I mean, that's a proven success right there. And, and, uh, yeah, I wish I had, you know, heard about it coming back to life sooner, you know, so I could kind of get my hands on some of these things. And now that we're talking about it, I'm getting more, more pumped up. Yeah. It's got me inspired to, uh, resurrect Stretch Armstrong. I think there's a market for him. <laughs> Why not? Like, yeah. yeah, man. Like, yeah, man. As I think about it, I'm like, he needs to come back. Um, <laughs> so now, you know, as as that first copy dropped and you look back, what was the response of the people that were were questioning whether or not it was legit and for real? Um, and then what is the response, the response nowadays where – People see it, can touch it. You know, you can go online, read about this resurrection. Um, it, is it getting traction out there? Are people like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is back? Are those stories you hear regularly? I get that daily. Um, I noticed the biggest, the biggest um, obstacles we are dealing with is the Internet is so locked down that to get the word out, you got to pay, pay, pay. And it's not easy to get that word out. And even today, like today, I'll get an email from somebody who just found out it's back, even though we've been back for five years. And they would tell our, us our mem their memories of the magazine and they'd be all excited. And next, you know, they're committing to a subscription or just looking for it on the newsstands and uh, retail store near them. 
So it's, it's just a great feeling when we hear these stories and they're always positive memories of everybody growing up on this magazine. And that, that's what drives me to keep going and keep this magazine alive and succeed with it. Does it still have how-to drawings or comic strips and things like that related to, you know, cars? I try keeping as nostalgic as possible. Even the old magazine was all in grayscale, and that's the way it is now. You, you flip through it, everything's grayscale. Um, yeah, we have a lot of, uh, we have original characters from the original cartoons, Crass and Bernie, which everybody grew up to love. Oh, yeah. We do have the yeah. how-to draws, and then we have new uh, new things we brought in, like, uh, we have a crossword puzzle that's car related. Um, spot the difference. We, we try to do every angle of entertaining our readers. So, besides just the comic strips themselves. Yeah, man. I I spent a lot of hours trying to draw some damn cars like every other kid. Man, <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of inspiration right there. What do you find those artists, man? Because they're they're very unique when it comes to things like that. Like when you see those character cars and the personality they put into them and the 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 vibe that you get, that's something special. Well, I lucked out. Like I said, they, a lot of the artists reached out to me, and um, we put together an amazing team. And what's great is, like when we go on to the next issue, um, I would give them kind of a, a theme to go off of. Uh, if we're focusing just on a certain car culture or if we have special guests from uh, a TV show that uh, everybody loves in that. And then uh, I would give them the certain amount of pages to work on for that issue. And then they would come up with the stories themselves. They would write something and try and have a nice punchline in the end with a little bit of humor, all car related. And, uh, and it's been working. It's, and they're doing an amazing job. And, uh, yeah, I'm totally lucky for that. You know, I got a great suggestion. I know nobody likes people telling them how to do their job, but I think a two guys garage issue would be (laughs) just stellar. You know, I I don't know. I'm just saying. I always say anything's possible (laughs) with cartoons. So that's cool. So what do people find in in the pages of it? Roll us through a a normal, you know, magazine. And again, you said they come out, uh, six times a year. So when somebody gets gets yep. this in their mailbox and they open the pages, what's in the first part? How's the comic and, and magazine laid out nowadays? Well, I try and have the layout where, say if an artist has a three-page comic strip, that to see the third page, you have to flip the page because it's that's always the punchline. And uh, I always like that excitement where you got to flip the page to see the ending. Uh-huh. And yeah, I cool. remember that. Yeah, and uh, so it's your it's your typical. Your first page is your index. Then you get into the comic strips. Um, we also have pages in there that you they had in the classic cartoons where readers who are artists could um, email their artwork to possibly be published under pages we call them my art tunes. The old cartoons it was called my wheels. Um, the new one we called it my art tunes. So then it's great to see on social media these artists sharing with excitement that their artwork is published in a magazine they love. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you think about getting your car published. Yeah. You know, for so many folks out there, right? Being an illustrator, being into drawings, all that graphics and everything to, you know, that's another format for them. And it just happens that it's extra cool because it's car themed, you know? Yeah, and we even do that for the little kids. We have a, a page, it's called Mini Wheels. 
So if a, if a kid that's reading cartoons wants to draw a car and send it in, uh, they could possibly pu- be published too. So so we try and get every all the readers involved, and, you know, and it, and it's great. We love it. That's the section that I could maybe compete in. Uh, is it age limited? Am I out for for any of those kind of reasons? Well, we try to keep it age limit, so for the mini wheels oh, part. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him I'm four. You couldn't tell from my drawings. We see you hit that blue board, Kevin. You're an artiste, man. Uh, you got it down. Uh, so look, we gotta take a break right now. But when we come back, I'm curious as to whether or not you felt pressure from the old fan base out there when you were bringing it back to life. Were were there people out there? That you felt you owed sort of uh, homage to that you you know you figured all right I got the trademark I got this website or the name right I gotta I gotta honor up this great nostalgic sort of you know magazine when I resurrect it and uh, we'll chat about that in just a minute let's take a quick break uh, it's the two guys ride podcast Kevin Bird Willie B back with the cartoons in just a minute. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Mark Mathot on. He is the CEO and publisher of Cartoons. Now, if you recall Cartoons, it probably was exciting for you like like a Saturday morning cartoon. Like for me, I couldn't wait to get up in the morning, turn on, you know, 7 a.m. cartoons and see Thundar the Barbarian. Like Thundar. Yeah, Space Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, you know, it, and it's kind of funny because... When you're thinking about a magazine, especially one that started back in the 50s, has a lot of nostalgia sort of associated with the magazine. If you look at the cars and the way they animated the cars and the drawings, uh, it was just really cool. They brought cars to life and gave them a personality. And you always saw big rear tires doing smoky burnouts, little skinnies, guys hanging out the hood. Um, Mark, was, was was it something that you definitely wanted to keep the the sort of old feel of the magazine true to the new format when you brought it back to life? Um, was there a part of you that wanted to change it up 180 degrees? Or what was sort of the thought process when you knew you had it and you were going to do something with it? Well, like I said, I wanted to keep it as nostalgic as possible because that's the way everybody would remember it. Um, there isn't much difference compared to the old one. Besides, um, there's a lot of old artists that uh, have passed on since the old publication, of course, we cannot have them in the new one. Um, so they, even though we have a lot of the original artists, we have a lot of new artists. So that content could be different. Anybody give you any pushback? Like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to ruin it. Well, not really. I had more support than anything. Like I, out of, out of Good. everybody on social media, our subscribers, everything, I'd, I'd have to get to say 99% are full supportive. They love the magazine. You'll get that odd one person who's, you know, they'll be like, it's not like the original. And, and we can't be like the original. You know what I mean? We can't, we can't bring right. all those old artists back. No. You know I mean? So we're doing the best we can. And I think we're doing a great job. And, um, and there is some things that are different compared to the old one. Like um, back then, they never really focused on uh, the celebrities in the automotive industry. Like people you see in in the movies or on TV shows and that, and we try and bring a lot more of that because that's that is car culture. You know what I mean? We try to cover everything possible and not just stick with one idea. So it keeps it universal diversity for everybody to enjoy. So, so what was your favorite part of the magazine as a kid? Like, you know, when you flip through the pages, 
which sections like totally, you know, rocked you. And then, you know, and today, right? You're in a completely different time frame and age and perspective. Let me guess. Let me guess, Mark. Let me guess. You were a big fan of the iron-ons. Well, honestly, I don't know if there was iron-ons in when I started reading it. I'm pretty sure that's when it was. The, they switched to the poster insert, which what we do uh, today. Every issue now comes with a poster insert. Um, that's awesome. But, yeah, I remember getting older copies from uh, family members or friends and that that had the iron-ons up and yeah they were pretty cool right they were dude that was bomb that was awesome but actually when <laughs> we we first started this i wanted to bring that nostalgia back too so for the first year we were actually printing two magazines at a time we we had uh we called it the poster edition so that issue had a poster insert in it and then we had, for a little more money, we had it was called the Iron-On Edition, and we actually had high-quality Iron-Ons in every issue. Yes. Dude, I want, I want an Iron-On, man. We yeah. also changed the cover a little bit, so that cover of the Iron-On was a little variant, different cover. So if you bought two issues, there was kind of a difference, even though the content inside was the same. But after that first year, it just... Um, Production costs with the iron-on, it, it was way too high, and um, we had to cancel it and just stick with poster for now. But you never know. Down the road, when, when our budget has grown, uh, we could definitely have once in a while bring back an iron-on that everybody loves. So we'll see. Hey, anything's possible. You could, hey, and you could <laughs> get those fun, you get those on their website, by the way, if you still are, are you know – yearning for an iron-on cool t-shirt with all you know their most famous pieces of artwork and all their cool designs and logos like for me man i never forget bro i, I had an iron-on i got me a dukes of hazard iron-on when i was a kid did it myself too nice. yeah. that's right <laughs> i had a fantastic four yeah <laughs> maybe you just yeah. go t-shirt shop and have them press them on like i want that one and you get it pressed on your gray or black yeah shirt. Like, dude. yeah that odd smell it's just weird uh -huh. that was money <laughs> but to answer your question <laughs> I was an artist myself growing up and I was always inspired by my teachers saying, I'm going to go somewhere with my art and that. So the how to draws was my favorite and it helped me learn to draw cars and that. So. I love that section. I just never got good enough. First car, first car <laughs> you learned how to draw off of cartoons. You got to think back then I was, I started reading at six years old. If I had that good a memory, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just be. I would like to be able to draw a car. <laughs> you know, you said you've tried to keep you know a lot of the original format and nostalgia and everything else. Yeah. But there's got to be things in there that have your signature on them. So what are you most proud of now that the magazine's out and you've got several years now to kind of thumb through? Like, man, that one special issue, or you know, this comic strip, or I really influenced something. What are you really kind of digging now that uh, you know you got your fingerprints on it? Uh, there's nothing really specific. I just, I enjoy the fact that, that every issue with all the work that I work with the cartoons team and when, when it's all together in the end and it gets printed and I, I always order extra copies for myself and uh, because um, like right now you could go on our website and buy up every back issue since we started. And that's, I wanted that available because a lot of people that are collectors would want every issue that they missed. So all of that is available. And just to have that issue in hand, knowing that, you know, this I'm a big part of making this happen. It's, it's just, it's an amazing experience. I love it. And it's and it pushes me to keep going. You're on Wikipedia, man. I saw the page earlier today. And it's like, 
you know, Ontario artist Mark Mathot successfully filed for the abandoned cartoons trademark. He resumed publication of the magazine in late 21. You're on Wikipedia, man. You <laughs> saved it. That's that's pretty cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a great, ex- amazing experience. I have no complaints, even though I always say it's a love-hate relationship because nobody gets to see all the grudge work behind the scenes of putting a magazine together and dealing with all that other BS stuff. But yeah. in the end, when it's printed and it's done, it's it's totally worth it. So, What's the era of cars you like to draw and animate the most you feel in the magazine? I always try and stick with everything nostalgic. I, I, I try and stay away from modern stuff because we see the modern stuff every day. You know what I mean? Like daily driver stuff like that. Nobody wants to read about right. that kind of thing, stuff. So we stick with the car cultures, like your, your muscle cars, your hot rods, rat rods. Even we did an issue um, on imports. And I didn't want to do all the modern racer stuff. I wanted to uh, do the, the old school 60s and 70s imports because a lot of readers, even if they're not into imports, oh. remember those days that they, they used to drive a, a you know, like a 70 Toyota Celica or something like that back in the day. So that that brought back memories for those who are not even into the import scene. So that's why I try and keep everything nostalgic as possible. Once in a while you get a story of some of a modern car, but that it'd be something that's popular of today. You know what I mean? So, so you said you were uh, big into art when you were younger and your, your teacher said you were going to go somewhere with it. Now, of course you're the publisher, but that means you got a lot of power. Have you snuck in any of your own drawings and illustrations in this magazine? I did at first. I um, actually did a few comic strips. Um, and it's hilarious. I created this to, because I don't have the time to draw. I'm so busy with everything else that uh, I did an easy comic strip. And, he, I, and I, it was basically a stick man character. <laughs> but, and I did, that, I did that a few times. Some loved it. Um, some not so much. But uh, now I just don't have the time to do it. I let, I let my professional artists do their thing, and I just focus on all the business aspect of it. So. That's hey, awesome. Man, you did it. You did it. You are published. <laughs> Not only are you a publisher, you have been published, my friend. Yep. <laughs> That's a lot more than most people could say. I would do a bi-monthly terrible drawing from the publisher. <laughs> you know, just like, here's the, you know, the best worst I could do. Actually, that <laughs> reminds me. If you look at issue 25, um, I collabed with um, one of our digital artists, which is Dan Falconer. And um, I did all the the basic artwork, illustration, and then he took it and digitally enhanced it. And that's on the cover. So we did a collab together. So, so Lisa, because I, when I started this, you know, I had people approaching me saying, I would love to uh, cover spot. And when you only do six issues a year, it's hard to get everybody you know what i mean like i I can't guarantee anybody a cover spot because we only get six issues a year and heck and i always told myself like i haven't even had a cover spot yet and i own the magazine so when we got up to issue 25 i said you know what it's time i need to have my artwork on the cover so i worked with dan and we did it together and it turned out amazing it was awesome and a lot of fun the big question, Mark, is where do people find it, subscribe to it, where are you at socially? Give us the rundown on that so everybody uh, who's got an appetite for it can find it. Well, we're on social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, all you have to do is any social media on, 
just uh, search Cartoons Magazine, and it's pretty easy to find our pages. Um, the best bet is our website. Uh, it's cartoonsmag.com. Nice and easy. You click on there. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the magazine and have every issue shipped to your door, uh, we have that option. We also have digital subscriptions. So if somebody doesn't care about print, and th they can do that and have them on their uh, smart device. Uh, if you subscribe to print, you get the digital access for free. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, if you're not into subscriptions, on our website, if you click on um, where to buy, and you would put your zip code in or postal code, it would pinpoint uh, retail stores around you that sell cartoons. So then you could go on a hunt looking and see to find them on the newsstands. And then the last option is um, comic book shops. We're set up that you can walk into your local comic book shop and start an order subscription. So they'll order a copy every single time that we come out and then they'll have it ready for you the next time you go to your comic shop to buy it. So, so we got a lot of options. Oh, that's and, cool. And uh, so, yeah, the be website's the best option to be able to find where you could get cartoons. Cartoons, C-A-R-T-O-O-N-S, mag.com. Uh, the website is as animated as uh, as the magazine, so it's really cool to see. And, uh, man, wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for resurrecting such a cool, nostalgic piece of automotive history, man. Well, thank you for helping me spread the word. Yeah, man, I'm pretty stoked. I I'm, I'm going online. I think I might have to get myself a subscription. Man, my little kid, he's right at that age. He's ready to bloom, and I think uh, sharing that with him, I think we're going to both get a little bit of enjoyment out of that. How much is a subscription? Uh, it's twenty nine ninety nine, and that gets you six issues a year. And um, if you went on to a retail store and bought a copy and paid cover price every time, um, with a subscription, you're saving about fourteen dollars than having to go buy it retail. So yeah, and then that gets shipped right to your door. And we actually ship them in white envelopes because I knew that a lot of people would be buying these as a collectible and i didn't want to have those uh, shipping label stickers on the actual cover like you would on a normal magazine if you subscribe so they're actually put in envelopes and and shipped out that way so and you're currently doing a you're currently doing a cover contest to enter to sketch the cover contest on your website as well which has got to be thrilling for anybody out there so if you're interested you want to you show off some of your talent and, and skills that's something, man, I imagine would be really a big accolade or feather in the cap for any artist to have. Come on, Willie. Come on, do it, man. I want to see you on the cover. <laughs> yeah. Come on, bust out them crayons. Man, I'm, I'm watching the, I'm looking at the cartoons posters right now, man, with the, the Batman and the Batmobiles on it, starting from the original one, all through the evolutions of it. And uh, there's just a lot of cool animation and just energy. When you look at these pictures and drawings and what the artists have created, you just find a lot of you know, comic book type energy in it that's exciting, but it's, you know, grounded in the automotive world. It's auto-centric. So it's a really cool appeal to uh, us automotive guys. And, man, wish you all the success in the world with it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the time, and thanks for sharing, man. And what a cool, like, flashback. So uh, awesome, man. Like I said, hope you have an awesome uh, experience with it and the thing just flourishes. And all the folks out there that, that want to get a piece of it, uh, find out about it and get their own little copies themselves so 
There you go, man. Hey, and don't forget about our TV show. It's not as cool as, as a comic in a strip in a magazine uh, called Cartoons. It doesn't have near the animation in it, but it's got a good-looking guy named Kevin Bird on there, and it airs weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Uh, thanks to our guest, uh, Mark Mathot, who is uh, just an awesome cat, CEO, publisher of Cartoons, and wow, what a cool adventure to resurrect a magazine and save something like that. Uh, our producer is Scooper, and our executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us, man. We are on social. We're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage Podcast is a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Hey, man, I used to be able to draw that dude hanging over the brick wall. Yeah. You know, with the big nose and the hands. Yeah. That was that was my jam. That's was that Kilroy? Was that Kilroy? Or was that a different guy? <laughs> was it? I don't know. Kilroy just, was here. I forgot the name. Yeah, I think that was him. <laughs> yeah. That's about as far uh, as I can go. I can draw stuff with straight lines. You see me, man. I can I can work magic with a ruler, but you take that away, man, and I just fall on the ground. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. We'll catch you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.